Hey, what's going on? My name is Missing Link, and you're listening to Missing Link on the radio, otherwise known as London's largest underground house music podcast. And uh, this is a really special episode. Um, this is the episode where inside A, we're going to do our interview with Jamie Stimson, uh, and that's coming up right after this track. Um, in the interest of time, I've made our first track of the week, our feature track of the week, and that is by Chris Dussy. This is his brand new Deep House track, Evening Drive. This guy is sick. I heard him play at Unit 9, actually, um, when I visited uh, the Driven event um, a fair few weeks ago. Uh, he was playing with Rossi. Absolutely killer. I'll leave you with this track, and I'll catch up with you in around five minutes um, to get us kicked off straight into uh, the interview. Enjoy this. This is so, so sick.
isn't this just like so so incredible even this build up in here um i just think this is just killer um everything that comes out of piv records which is what this track is on um that's actually uh, chris's record label with a bunch of other guys like toe man um check out their shit right now uh, minimal stuff deep house house honestly they're absolutely killing it that's why danny howard got them on he's a smart guy that guy for real Christosi, you've nailed that. You've nailed that. The man from the Netherlands is just like, <laughs> he's just an absolute machine on uh, the steep ass stuff and the minimal stuff. Um, but now my feature track of the week is out of the way. I'm gonna go straight into um, the interview that I did with uh, Jamie Simpson. Uh, and I've got a little bit more on that uh, just after we change over the track real quick, right? About now. Hey, so here it is. This is uh, my interview of Jamie Simpson, um, the owner and general manager of uh, Unit 9 MK. And uh, it's a really, really good interview. You get a really good insight into um, the club itself, uh, Jamie's background in music. And uh, the first thing I'm gonna ask him here is um, why they went in to do the refurbishment and the kind of state of uh, Unit 9 right now. And uh, Jamie has all the details right here. 
Well, Unit 9's been here a few years now, yeah. and it was created from absolutely nothing, like yeah, a complete yeah, yeah. random idea, which I'll tell you about in a bit. But um, the refurbishment now is we've grown so quickly, and there's such a demand out there. Um, the level of artists that we're trying to bring to Milton Keynes, um, you know, there's no disrespect to any other venue. There's a lot of venues closing down all the time, but we feel like we brought something new, which is why we're going from strength to strength. And for us to go to the next strength and to the next level, it meant that we needed to um, to up our game, and and that's what we're doing right now. So we're we're turning the venue from a random concept idea, a random concept idea, where um, it. We had to kind of work with what we had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas now we're turning it into what we want it to be and what it needs to be to be able to attract bigger names and bigger artists and bigger bands. And this, uh, this refurbishment is no joke. So when I arrived, you know, Jamie is literally there painting the new bathrooms and uh, we're actually sitting up uh, during this part of the interview up in the new bar area as well. But during the whole time they've been refurbishing it, which is you know, around the whole the whole summer, they've been going at it, knocking down walls, um, just completely redoing the whole place. They've only been closed for one week. Um, the whole time they've been refurbing the place, they've been open. Um, at the time of the recording, they were open that night. They were open the next night um, for an event done by uh, Driven, which I actually went to. It was like sick, really sick, minimal, and a deep tech event that uh, is actually on my Instagram, so go check that out. Um, and go follow all those guys because they're really talented. Um, so then my next question was, you know, what was Jamie's background in music? Because he's not just a music venue owner, um, a singer actually. And so I wanted to delve a little bit deeper into his background in music um, and some of the stuff that he's accomplished over, you know, his, uh, his time of being here on planet Earth. Cool, well, I... I think it's all a little bit of a blag, I'm not gonna lie, but <laughs> when I was 18, I didn't start getting into music until I was 18. Right, right. Properly. Yeah, um, yeah. I started singing and I loved singing, yeah. but I'd never done anything properly. And all yeah, of a sudden yeah. people were saying, you've got a good voice. So what I did was, <laughs> I, I used people's um, power of, you're good, and thought, bugger it, I'm gonna go out there and, and just sing. Nice. So I started singing and doing a lot of karaoke and things like that, yeah. and doing covers at like local events. Oh, okay, yeah. And from that, all of a sudden, I, I was in... Love the noise in the background. <laughs> and all of a sudden, uh, I was introduced to a producer called... Uh, at the time, it was called Mr. Vice. Um, and um, we started collaborating together um, and making songs together. Originally, he was going to make beats for me. Um, and then all of a sudden, we basically combined, made some songs together, and we turned into what we now call JSMV. Oh, okay. And um, we, we, to be fair, we worked hard. Like I'm a bit of a driven person, and I'll go out there and I'll make something happen. Good. Um, and we ended up doing UK tours, um, supporting massive names. We've done all the, basically all the O2 academies in the UK. Nice. Um, I played the Millennium Stadium in front of 40,000 people. Like we've done, we've done some crazy stuff, and, and that's what you dream of when you're young. Oh, um, but where does it go? And, and that's that's the hard thing. Where does it go? And ha when does it become a full-time job? Because yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of bands out there. I'm sure you know, and a lot of artists and DJs yeah, that yeah, yeah. they play, but they work full-time. Uh, yeah, um, for real. So to turn to turn a um, a something that wasn't even a dream in a sense. Like everyone dreams of performing and stuff, but I didn't know where I was going or what I was doing. I just kind of went with the flow. But I actually think that was better because I had no expectation of myself. I had no pressure on myself to to go out there and and like be. Honest. Be a driller. Um, yeah, I had no expectation to go out there and be like a world beater, if you know what I mean. I just yeah. enjoyed the journey. For real. Is that really loud? 
don't know. So you can I tell they're know, um, the the guys that are drilling were getting closer and closer and closer towards us. Um, so the drilling was actually getting quite loud at, at some points. Um, and so I had a few more questions before we uh, we we left that area because it started to get like on top of the roof and it was deafening. <laughs> around the origins of Unit 9. How did it come to be? Um, you know, how did, how did it start? What, what is the story of, of the start of this really great venue? Um, you know, total origin story style. I love it. Um, and Jamie, of course, because he's great at talking mad shit, um, just gives the perfect answer. So check this out. Unit 9 came about with Dom. So Dom Rampello um, is who I basically founded the venue with. He, um, okay. he was managing a kid um, and was using the recording studio that was here previously yeah. um, to rehearse. Anyway, the opportunity came about for Dom to take over the lease of the, the venue. So um, I spoke to Dom and we said, what can we do? And eventually we, get, we basically just put our heads together and we had an empty space. I knew yeah. a promoter down the road, which was called Driven. Driven are our, probably, they were the first promoter that ever came into Unit 9. And they're still oh, with really? us today. In fact, oh, they're wow. here tomorrow night. Oh, um, and they're a house promoter. And they were basically attracting large numbers of people in a pub garden. So we said, why don't we try and put on a random event here? Yeah, Essentially, yeah. we applied for a temporary events notice. We put a temporary bar in, a temporary stage in, temporary lighting. It was a joke. It was embarrassing. It was like a school disco. <laughs> However, because we're in a warehouse, yeah. everyone was buzzing. It was a warehouse. It was, it was a warehouse rave, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, where people have failed in the past, I think, in Milton Keynes, is they've not managed it properly in the sense of it's all well and good throwing a party, yeah. but it needs to be safe. It needs yeah. to be, you need to meet every regulation going. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's where we've smashed it because with our experience in the industry, we've kind of brought all of that, the, from an artist's perspective, from a customer perspective, from a tour manager's perspective, from the bar perspective, we yeah, know what yeah. it's like to be the customer in all of those places. All for real. So we've kind of brought that in and, and made sure that everything is fully on point so that the nights run completely smooth and safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you get that right, then the rest kind of falls into place. No, 100%, because like the, the difference is between so doing like a one-time event in somewhere in just a random bar. I think and people then, just don't respect it as much. No, and, and, and you, you, never, you never create a, a good event that way. Um, you know, the, some of the events I've been to in some really big clubs have not been as good as some of the ones that I've been to in smaller clubs. Yeah. I think that's the vibe we get here though. You know, like we, we do drum and bass, we do everything. So we do every kind of genre you could ever imagine. Whether it's drum and bass, we have a Romanian night, we have a Latino night, right. we do R&B, we do everything. You've got Oasis on tonight, haven't you? Oasis Tribute tonight, yeah, yeah, which yeah, is yeah, wicked. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
The idea of the refurb is to bring more live music to Middle Keynes. Yeah. So that was the idea. We're a live music venue. We're not a club. I think people mistake us for a club. We're yeah. not a club. We're a live music venue. Yeah. We class the DJs that are coming here. It's yeah. live music. They're performing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not just one DJ every week playing the same tunes over and over. Nah. It's completely different. Um, so we're a live music venue. So we put on everything and. What happens is the customers that come here actually value the fact we're here because they get to listen to the music they love. They can't listen to it anywhere else around this area. No. Um, so actually what happens then is they respect the venue. We don't really have any trouble or anything. Um, there's a bit of a perception out there that because we're a warehouse, we're some drug den where there's drum and bass heads coming in here, stereotyping, you know, fighting. We don't get any of that. Nah. We don't get any of that. Nah, nah, and, nah. and we're proud of that. And I think it's because we manage it right. And what's happened is the customers now respect the venue and, and because they want the music here, if, if there's any sign of any sort of grief while the night's going on, they stop it themselves because they don't want to ruin what they've got. So we've created some... I don't know if you can hear me. <laughs> we've created a philosophy of, if you want this place to stay open, yeah. it's in your power. And now we've kind of got the cheesy tagline that this is the people's venue. Yeah. So this is your venue. Make sure you look after it. We can look after it. We'll, we've upgraded, I think, four times in three years, which is insane wow. for a venue. Wow, wow, this wow. is the biggest thing we've ever done, and this is the biggest thing we can do in here. There's nothing more we can do. We've got a, we've got a function one sound system. We've we've expanded in all the space we can. We've still got a recording studio. We've got friendly security. We've got friendly staff. Like everything you've yeah, got. So Our social media is great. People love us, and they're supporting. Which means if we supported, then we can bring more. Hence why the names are coming now, bigger names, and yeah. and it's kind of a full circle. But it's key that everybody involved and it's it's so important people don't realise from the customers to the promoters to the staff yeah. you know to us if everybody's on the same page then it will work awesome kind of origin story of uh, how it all began um, so I hope that gives you a really good insight in some of the you know real grassroots nature of uh, the venue and sort of you know the, the real um, feeling behind why they did what they did and uh, what the kind of um, ethos they have around the venue is um, and and my next question was was more towards uh, the refurbishment again I wanted to go into because I'm a big I'm a big fan of uh, great sound and uh, to achieve that they look to a function one sound system and uh, I just had a few questions about uh, how they've integrated that into their new refurbishment Essentially, what we've done is the company PSL that have, that have helped us on the, all the production, the, the staging and everything, um, they had the idea of, of using the Function One Sound System subs to create a huge sub of a stage. So the stage has been specifically built to spec. The stage is now a sub. Yeah. So the, uh, the, the stage will throw out a, an amazing frequency of bass, but it's fully controlled. The whole sound system's being tuned. The whole venue, as you can see, no one else can, but it's fully sound. It's not soundproofed. It's sound acoustically treated. The whole venue top to, top to bottom, meaning that the sound um, is, is now a real direct impact on people. Um, so you're not just coming to a, a venue, hearing the music you like on a sound system. You're no. coming to experience the whole, yeah, yeah, the whole yeah. journey of what the music's about. Yeah, 100%. I couldn't have said it better myself, really. You know, the feeling that you get in there is that the music takes priority. You know, when you first walk in, the first thing you see is the stage, is the lights. The first thing that hits you is that, like, just a wall of bass. So uh, I've got to agree with him. You, you know, music takes the forefront. It's, um, and it's, it is, an experience. You're not going. You're not going to just any club. 
you're going for an experience, you're going to experience music that you really love. Um, and that's why I go there in particular. You know, yes, I want to see some really cool people that I follow anyways. Um, but, you know, I go to see people that I wouldn't normally go to see you because it's at Unit 9. And I know that the music is going to be sick. The sound system is going to be unreal. I don't know that they generate an atmosphere and everyone's uh, genuinely pretty cool. Jamie had a few more things to uh, add around. Um, and it, this is really interesting actually because it, you're almost seeing a venue that is going from, you know, like a medium sized venue to something that's like really, really, really big. You know, they're starting to get these uh, these bigger names coming in. This is their real big transition. And, and well, that's mainly the, the, the biggest driver behind the refurbishment was so that they can support these bigger acts and get more people in um, and support bigger promoters. Uh, and this uh, last little bit here uh, up on the um, VIP bar area is uh, around uh, those kind of thoughts that Jamie had going into it and some of the you know deeper deeper behind the scenes uh, stuff with promoters and the way that kind of works. The promoters <laughs> that are coming to us are um, are massive. Like that, you know, the, the guys that are putting on Low Stepper are the guys that put on the big arena gig with Camel Fat and Amity. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. Um, it's crazy. And, and the reason is we kind of help them introduce to the venue at Planet Ice. Um, to use that venue and, and over time they've seen us progressing and now they love what we've done here yeah. um, they want to work with us and, and it's not just down to the venue it's down to how you manage like your, your relationships with these people we're here for people and, yeah. and it now means that we can bring in names that we otherwise probably couldn't have brought in um, Low Stepper was someone we were actually looking to book anyway um, but to bring that even that we, I mean before we had Darius uh, Sarosian oh, I love that um, yeah. Steve Lawler like we kind of went yeah. for it and brought yeah, some yeah, names yeah. in that people were kind of like, oh Christ, like these are in Milton Keynes, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we're not ending there. Like our aim is is the live music side as well. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We want to become like an O2 Academy. We want to be bringing touring artists in that can sell 500 tickets, and we want to become the place to go in Milton Keynes because right now there are places to go, but there's no real hard, hard, nah, hard nah, scene nah, where we can. Nah. We just I don't know. We we don't believe we're special or anything like that but we just feel like we brought something completely unique i mean i'm sitting here looking at you right now looking at a giant graffiti of the hulk um in, in a warehouse <laughs> yeah. do, yeah, do you know yeah. what i mean like yeah if, if anyone's if anyone's wondering at home what we're talking about i'll make sure to link in the description and stuff to your website yeah yeah so uh, once and, the venue's space, done yeah. we'll try and take some new pictures and stuff yeah by the time really this different. comes out you'll be able to see like how beautiful this place looks and how unique it is hopefully it stays that way <laughs> especially the toilets <laughs> <laughs> let's hope let's hope and that concludes our section of the interview uh, up on the VIP kind of bar area. After this, uh, the builders got on the roof and it was just so deafening. And I'm going to save you from that aspect of, uh, of just like, nah, it wasn't good. <laughs> um, so instead, we decided to go into my car. Uh, and if you don't know about my car, it's a 1970 Volkswagen. Uh, I've done a documentary on it. If you want to go check that out, go to 404missing.link. Um, the link is right there. Go check it out. Um, it's a cool story behind the car. But anyways, we're not talking about that today. We're talking about Unit 9. So I went into my car um, to kind of finish off some of my thoughts, some of, more, some of the other questions I want to ask um, Jamie. And um, we're also going to change up the song as well. The song right now you're listening to is um, uh, Mod by Vishaya. Uh, and this is my remix of that track. Um, just really 
uh, livening up the bass and uh, the percussion side of stuff um, to get rid of uh, some of that uh, minimal uh, bass line uh, aspects and to give it more of a progressive feel, which is uh, really good for this kind of background stuff. Um, but for the next section, we're going to change over and go to something fresh. Now, I think you pronounced it uh, Malin. So this is uh, Malin and his brand new track, uh, Can't You See, uh, the original mix. Really, really cool. Uh, Deep house track, uh, really mellow, uh, really quite a beautiful sounding track. Um, And I'll be using this track for the remainder of the interview uh, before I finish off side A and we get stuck into our hour long mix later on. Um, So, I want to talk about um, some of the other venues uh, around where they are, as well as, you know, what's their real selling point? Why why should people come to Unit 9? And what sets them really apart from any other venue around them, you know, Milton Keynes, or in fact, you know, even London? Yeah, I just, I, I, I just find it important that, you know, we talk about, there's so many pubs and venues and stuff closing down. And it's important that people support the scene. So, what what I'm very proud of, and what we're very proud of, me and Dom, is that we haven't we haven't like stood on anybody's toes. Um, yeah. Everybody has their own kind of niche, um, and and we have have managed to bring a different one to the market in Milton Keynes. Um, obviously, now and then a few things cross over, but but you know, on the majority, we, we love it. I, I mean, I I go to MK11 and, and have yeah, nights yeah, out, yeah, and yeah. you know, we're also. I think everybody in in the Milton Keynes area actually realises that if you support each other then the scene will grow. Yeah. Um, an example being when the World Cup was on, we we decided to show the football and um, MK11 is a sports bar and they would they fill up and then how nice of them, they'd send people to us when they were full. And I think oh, wow. I think that is a Check huge importance in, in the scene, in, in music, not just music, entertainment in Milton Keynes. Like if people support each other, um, then it will just grow. The, the scene will grow. And Milton Keynes is a very different place to anywhere else in the UK, as most people that live here know. Um, but it has so much potential. It's, the growth of Milton Keynes is huge. It's one of the fastest growing cities for businesses in Europe. Um, why, why don't we grow with that when it comes to music and entertainment? Yeah, I, no, I 100% agree with you. And some of our international listeners, like Milton Keynes, is probably like maybe would you say an hour and a half from London? It's an hour from London, 50 hour, miles yeah. from London. 50 miles from London. Um, we were meant to be an add-on to London in a sense, as a yeah. stop-off for the workers, but it's just grown and grown, and it's actually based on the US, like with all yeah, the, that's right, the yeah. boulevards and everything. Yeah, so. yeah, it's got the grid system and everything. Yeah, so, yeah, so it's, it's definitely, and I think totally. I think as as it grows, <laughs> yeah, it's small of you, right? Uh, as it grows, I think the music industry is going to grow as well. So I, I'm super psyched to see like. How, how it progresses from from, from here, mm. um, especially how you guys progress from here. With your, yeah, well, what's great, because we have the recording studio as well, it's a huge part of what we yeah. do. Um, that brings another side to it. So we get producers in, we get artists in, and yeah. with our contacts and stuff that we've made over the years, we've, we can then help develop them in different ways. So if producers come to us, there's, there's the option to put them into the venue yeah. um, and, and get them on the stage. And vice versa, we get DJs coming who then want to use the studio. And it's, it's like we say, we're a bit of a 360 business and we try to, you know, Dom um, is great with, Dom's background is, is uh, distribution and artist management and label right, and stuff cool. like that. Cool. So he's got some great contacts and he's worked hard over the years. Um, to use them and luckily you know I, one of the things I say to people is don't ever shun someone because someone you meet today in 10 years time you'll probably end up working with or, or end up yeah. they'll come back around into your circle some way and that's what's happened with us we've always we've always 
prided ourselves on being um, just genuine people. Yeah. 100%. And luckily, when you don't upset people, <laughs> they want to work with you again. Yeah. It doesn't matter. People, people's life changes. Like you know, things change, go down different paths, but eventually things come back round. So it's important that you look after them. And with that, we've got so many contacts in the industry now, like PSL that have done our stage and lights are in the heart of a place called Tile Yard in London, which oh, is yeah. which is the hub of basically the music industry. Yeah. Like you know, and and we're fortunate to have people like that on board working with us and supporting us. So. Yeah, one of the pieces, a, a bit of advice I'd say to you was never, never like turn a cold shoulder to someone because uh, they will come back round and they will, they'll be useful in some way. Wise words in general from Jamie that, you know, life and uh, especially in the music industry, it's all about connections. It is about who you know and it's, it is about impressions as well. You know, how, how do I look to somebody else? You know, either in a good way or a bad way, you know, how is our relationship? And I think he sums it up really, really well on how they've been able to build, expand and keep their relationships over time. And that's added to, you know, the success of all their business. Like, like they said, it's a 360 business and that requires them to have, you know, relationships on a good scale across that whole, the whole aspect, not just the music venue, but in the production as well. Um, and so I wanted to go further into sort of that networking side. You know, say you want to get into uh, being a DJ or being an artist or whatever, you know, how, how do you go about starting that? You know, what, what, is, what is some of your rec- recommendations, Jamie? When I, when I started music, I thought I focus on me and I do me and I put myself out there and, and that's it. I quickly learned, actually, by working with other artists and pushing them, they end up pushing you as well because, yeah. like I just said, by not by not upsetting anybody, um, they, they they tend to help you. So all I can say is, do what you love, make what you love, yeah, yeah, yeah. and literally go and tell everybody about it. Yes, yeah. tell as many people as you can. It doesn't matter who it is. Don't judge people. You don't know who you don't know who you're talking to, and you don't know who they know. It's it's, it's a very simple equation in life. We're all just humans walking around at the end of the day. And, um, and and just tell the world and go out there and enjoy it. If you expect too much, you're not going to enjoy it and you're not going to achieve what you want to achieve. I had no expectations with what I was doing, so everything I've done to me was more than I ever imagined would happen, right. if that makes sense. So if you set your expectations right, then you'll always enjoy it. Um, you've got to enjoy the journey. Just enjoy the journey. And another thing at the moment is people have got to look after themselves. Like, yeah. you know, don't throw yourself too deep. There's so much going on with mental health at the moment. And it doesn't matter what level you're at, life can be challenging. And you've really got to, you've really got to um, focus on what it is you're trying to achieve before you can go and achieve it. Because if you just expect too much, and I don't know, you think you're going to be number one in the charts tomorrow, it ain't going to happen. No. Don't don't believe it's going to happen. No. I always say as well, you don't need to be famous to have a career. Like you can you can um, you, you can have a career in the music industry one way or another. Whether you're whether you're in the charts or whether you're performing around local pubs and bars. No, like, 100%. You're in the industry. Use it, enjoy it, and and um, just like I say, throw yourself out there and just enjoy the experiences. I agree. I, I think people, you know, even when they start out, they they have an expectation that if they don't become the number one artist in their genre or whatever, that they've failed or something. It's not about that. Yeah, I, I agree. That's that's what tends to happen with people. It's the same with DJs. Before Unit Nine, we had no understanding of we, we you know we're not we're not we don't lie about it. I didn't even know that there was like a hundred versions of house music. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We, we have a joke. We say there's there's like tech house, there's tropical house, there's all these houses. And we say, where's the bungalow? Because like, bungalow? we're running out of houses right now. Yeah. Um, but 
We learned quickly that promoters appreciate DJs, for, as an example, come to their events, go to their events and yeah. show them that that you support their scene. And that's when you'll start to get the opportunities as well. Yeah, yeah, so um, another example, we do wrestling in Unit 9. So we have live wrestling and it used to be shown on Sky TV. <laughs> that's great. And one of the big principles of wrestling is every person that walks into the room, you shake their hand. That's, that's, that's without fail in wrestling. They all shake hands when they arrive. Okay, cool. And when the ring comes in to get built, everyone helps. When you're, when you're starting out, you, you work your way up by showing respect yeah, yeah. and helping the scene. Yeah. And then those people get the opportunities in the bigger shows. And, and I've seen it, and it, it's the same in every, doesn't matter if it's wrestling, whether it's music or whether it's football. Look after each other, show your respect, do your bit, and you'll get opportunities. 100%, I, and I don't see how it would work any other way if you just expect to just turn I out. agree, but I think social media nowadays, yeah. like people think you can do it alone. Like, I know. you know, get a blue tick. I, I got a blue tick on Twitter, I got a blue tick on Facebook. You start getting fans when you're traveling around and touring and you're getting constant tweets. It's very easy for your ego to go yeah, and, yeah. and to believe that you're something you're not. Yeah, 100%. Even if you are something in terms of you've made it in terms of, I don't know, you, 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 you're, you're loaded, you're, you're doing the biggest arenas in the world and you're selling out like that, you're still a human. And that's yeah. where, and that's where, if you look, the most successful people out there, you know, are probably the people that have been going for 20, 30 years. Yeah, 100%. Like, I think the, well, the voted, by, voted by DJ Mag, the top DJ is Carl Cox, mm -hmm. right? And he's been going since... Years and years. Years and years, years. and years. But he will still do 10-hour sets, right, just for the love of the music. Because he loves music. Because he loves music. Exactly. And that's why he's successful. And, that, and that's why we bring back a lot of the old the old school DJs yeah. like they're still going like um, we've got um, Dave Pierce coming to do a trance night Dave Pierce was huge Radio 1 um, massive DJ yeah. and um, and we've got Ian Van Dal coming with him as well oh, nice. to do Castles in the Sky obviously he'll be doing more than that but that's the best <laughs> yeah. I love yeah. that song but I remember yeah, that kid yeah, yeah. I remember that song when I was a kid wow. and um, and, um, and and like I say I was never massively into the DJing scene or anything like that but these people are like legends and, and we were able to bring them to a venue that is probably a lot smaller than they've played in the past. Yeah. But they don't care. They're here because of the music. It's about, and it's all about that respect and that, that, you know, if people are supporting the scene, then they'll support you and vice versa. And like I say, just go out there. You've got to enjoy what you do. If you don't enjoy what you do, change it. Yeah, for real. Simple for real. as that. And you've got to have the right motivations for what you do as well. Yeah, if you're doing it for money, then stop. Stop, yeah. It's the same as any anything in the world. If your intention is money, then don't do it. Waste of time. It is, because you're just not going to get there. It's like owning a football club. <laughs> People that own football clubs don't make money. No. Apparently not, anyway. No, no, definitely not. Definitely not. I, I'm not... I've not heard anyone that's ever made money in football. Apart no, from the apart from the players. Apart from the players. Who yeah, are laughing right now. Yeah, for real. They for could have paid for the refurb, jeez. So if any of you aspiring people in music, I hope that helps out. You know, I hope that helps out with, you know, some of your motivations to getting into music or maybe to re-evaluate some of your motivations and to, to ground yourself a bit more, you know? Everyone does the grind, man. Um, I'm doing it. Jamie's doing it for Unit 9. Everyone's doing it. Um, and she talked about getting blue ticks and stuff and the social media side. Um, and I want to touch on that even more. And uh, Jamie goes really in depth uh, on his experience with social media and uh, some of his thoughts about that because I feel kind of the same way uh, as Jamie. My social media presence isn't massive, um, but does it need to be? No, I can still make a beautiful sounding radio show without having 20,000 followers. We were told, I was told by a management company or an agency, you need to grow your social media, otherwise you can't make it in the industry. That's what I was told, one of the first things. Yeah. 
we, we kind of went with it so therefore you're doing everything on social media to yeah. like make yourself look like a legend and look yeah, popular yeah, yeah. Yeah. I learned very quickly you don't need social media at all you don't <laughs> you don't need social media I don't care what anybody says it's great to have social media and look professional yeah 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 but it isn't about how many followers you've got I mean all I would say is look at some of the biggest DJs out there at the moment um, there's a guy called Ben Sterling um, he's from Milton. I know ben. yeah you know Ben yeah, he's know from Milton Keynes he's smashing it right now his following is growing but when he started and he really got into the scene at the first point I mean I remember sitting there looking at Instagram and he was chilling with Calvin Harris on a story it's not about you don't need a following to start with make the music and do what you love and play the venues go out there and meet people he's got given his opportunity and he's now around the world every day I don't know where he is I see him on Snap, on Instagram and he's, and he's tagged into another country honestly it's, so, it's, it's ridiculous like the kind of journey that he's gone on I don't know if they can hear it it's quite funny that we've come outside to a car and now there's a huge lorry next to us rumbling his engine He's gone. He's gone. He's gone now. Yeah, yeah. No, Benson is a great success story. It's a great example. Yeah, of, great of example. Coming yeah. through as a DJ, producing your own tracks, and um, and, uh, and and then he's making it. In my opinion, he's making it. Like he's out there and he's 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 living his life. What I'm really annoyed about Ben is we sat in the studio and um, started making a beat, and I started recording vocals, and we never finished it. Next thing I know, he's sitting with Calvin Harris, and he's like traveling around the world playing with huge DJs. Oh shit! Got it, oh, Ben. Shit. If you're listening, yeah, uh, let's get back in the shoot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll let him know. Yeah, let him know. If you speak to him, tell him. Tell him that I want to make a chat with him again. In fact, know. let's get him on a podcast. I'm, I know it's, it's hard to contact this dude. Oh, I'll get him. Let's get him. Let's, I think let's we nail him down. I think we should. Yeah. I think we should totally do it. Get, get in the studio. I think you'd appreciate it. This is where, like you say, like you've got to appreciate everyone around you, and it doesn't matter whether whether there's 10 million people listening to a podcast or 10. One of them 10 people, well, those 10 people appreciate it, and one of them 10 people could be one of the people that you know help take you to the next level. So there you go. Even Jamie had you know some advice uh, for me and the podcast, which is you know awesome. Um, it's not often that. Uh, actually get usable advice uh, and Jamie's a really interesting character in general because he's someone that actually uh, takes his own advice and applies it you get loads of people that give out advice and stuff but Jamie is genuinely someone that lives by their own advice and uh, that's why they become you know so successful and, uh, and will continue to be in the future uh, in terms of getting Ben Sterling on uh, I'm working on that be in touch about that soon um, I just want to put this last segment in there, just uh, some kind of closing points, a few different bits and pieces we were just uh, talking shit about. Um, I didn't want to take too much time away from Jamie, he had to get back and uh, finish uh, painting the new bathrooms and uh, finish off any other stuff with the venue. Um, so yeah, enjoy these last uh, few points, some, uh, some real goodies in here too. I think I've just waffled on to be honest. Yeah, I think I, I think we've covered a lot of points. We've covered a lot of points. Yeah, we don't yeah. want we don't want to bore people too much. <laughs> but I think uh, I think we've covered everything. I'd say so. Yeah. All right. I need to go paint walls again. Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, like well. this refurb doesn't finish itself. Oh, for real? <laughs> Has anyone fallen off the roof yet? No, but they are up there. Look, yeah, yeah, scary, yeah. isn't it? I wish people could see what we could see right now. Like, people have no idea when they haven't been that we're genuinely a warehouse in an industrial estate. Well, they will, they will see. By the time this goes out, we'll make sure there's some good Yeah, let's make sure. I'm going to try and get a, um, a drone and uh, fly down the street oh. and show people what it's really, really like. Oh, because yo. if you can imagine a drone coming down and then into the building, I think it will shock people. I think so. Yeah, no, I think so. When I say shock people, I mean like, 
we are in an industrial industry. <laughs> Legitimately, it's no joke. It's, it's banter. Shout out to MK Fuel Fabrication. Though. Yes. <laughs> but to be fair, no, honestly though, these guys have helped us. We've had to put fire exits in and stuff, and these guys help us. Like, oh, really? All, all these businesses along here, I think, every single one of these businesses we have used in some way. Wow. In this street. Literally, yeah, literally, we have. I'm not even joking. One of them is a car place, but he didn't fix my tire. That's so. it. It's part of it. Yeah. it if he didn't fix my tire, then I couldn't get here. So. That's it. <laughs> but yeah, every every business in the street, we we work together. And at first, they were a bit dubious about well. dubious, dubious. What's that? Word? Dubious, 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 dubious. Yeah. We'll choose whatever you want it. To be. <laughs> um, because we were like bringing drunk people, essentially, like people drinking in the street to yeah, their yeah, businesses. Yeah, yeah. But actually, it flipped on its head. We're security now. Like, no one's had a. I shouldn't say this, should I? Again, I'm not going to say it. It's been very safe around here yeah, yeah. since we've been here mm-hmm. because on weekends and evenings we're here. So, That's great. so security isn't an issue. That's great. No, no one would come over. We all work together. That's right. We're not going to say it. No. Don't say it because if you say it, then, then people the, do it, right? Then I'll be fuming with you. Yeah. 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 I'll blame you. <laughs> you blame me. Yeah. I'm just sitting at home just going, oh shit. It was, it was me. <laughs> All right, sweet. Well, cool. I think I think that covers everything. Well, and, thanks for talking. No, thank you. Let us know when it's out. We'll be sharing this, and um, no, and um, people people listening keep supporting the scenes. It's going to sound beautiful. Do your bit. Absolutely. Well done for doing your bit as well. No, thank you. I appreciate it. Because, uh, and I, I, I won't be a stranger. I'll be hanging around. I bet you will. <laughs> I see you. I see you outside. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. See you later, man. No worries, man. See you later. Check it out. There you go. There's the full interview with uh, me and Jamie. Um, yeah, what a cool guy in general. Um, really great opportunity to interview someone like that could talk on, on length um, about pretty much anything, which is great, more content uh, for me. And I think it gives a really good insight into um, the industry in general. People get to hear about artists, people get to hear about DJs, people get to hear about you know, whatever, but nobody really gets to hear about, you know, how venues function, how venues go from strength to strength, how promoters work with the DJs, um, how, you know, people do multiple jobs around in the music industry all at one time. Um, and so I, I hope this is really, really interesting to you guys. Um, I'm sure it was. It was super interesting for me just sitting there, you know, taking it all in. Um, and I'm obviously super stoked to uh, finally uh, to be able to to, to show you guys this. Um, next up inside uh, B, I've got a really cool mix um, coming for you. Uh, mostly it's going to be, I think, uh, Deep House and uh, House. Just really upbeat, great bass lines as usual. Um, something that's just going to finish this uh, this whole podcast off with a really, really cool end. All right. Thank you very much, guys. Change over the tape. I'll see you soon. Peace. Welcome to Side B. Thank you for changing over. 
Um, back to normal programming now. I'm gonna go into what I'm known for, and that is underground house music. And uh, yeah, I thought I'd uh, thought I'd pull out a few gems um, today. Got some fucking amazing uh, deep house to show you. Some really cool like deep tech stuff. Um, this first song in particular really builds up, and then I'll it, it gets upbeat right away right after this. But just uh, close your eyes, enjoy this first awesome track. Um, make sure to go check me out at 404missing.link. That's my website. Has all my socials and everything else you need to know about me. Um, and check out the guys at Unit 9 at Unit 9 MK. Check this out. You're gonna love this.
love, sing a song of peace, sing a song of happiness. House was our light of day, and it shone on our souls. Three o'clock in the morning, on and on and on and on and on.
deal. But motherfuckers really giving these people a lot of pressure. Like standing on motherfuckers' necks, like, you know? And motherfuckers be wanna fuck with us again and be all oh, this or that, motherfuckers said. Like, come on, man.
Lizette. I thoroughly enjoyed the episode, um, just like I did last week. Last week's episode was sick. It was my favorite mix I've ever made last week. Um, and this was really good too. Um, lots of really left wing stuff, um, some funky stuff, some upbeat stuff, and some really dark and gritty stuff. Um, all of it's underground, all of it's unheard of. Um, so thank you for joining me this week. Next week is usual programming, uh, and it will be usual programming for a little while until um, until I, I have my next book booked a guest on. Um, really appreciate you guys tuning in every week. Um, last week we hit the charts in both America and the UK, which is amazing. Uh, we were top 50 in both of those, um, which is amazing. Keep tuning in. I promise to keep bringing you uh, really cool people and, of course, really, really amazing underground house music. The scene just keeps changing. It's amazing, man. It like, changes in front of your eyes. Um, yeah, like this mineral stuff is just taking off and I'm happy because, you know, it's really, really good and you guys seem to really like it as well. So I'll keep bringing you that for real, for real. Alright, see you next week guys. Peace.